Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. What's up, guys, and welcome to our fifth Mandalorian long-form discussion, and we're in Los Angeles, so this time we get a special guest. This is Joseph Scrimshaw, if you don't know him. Hello! He's from Force Center Podcast, and we just recorded an episode of his podcast, Obsessed. Uh, I have a schmodown to study for still, so if I lose the belt, it's his fault. Yep. Uh, but the fifth episode of Mandalorian, we want to talk about it like we have been these past few weeks, and this one's the gunslinger, so we usually start with just basic thoughts and feelings how did you feel about this episode joseph uh, i felt good about it i feel like i've been really been enjoying this series in the big picture i like that it is a minimal storytelling and kind of we're mostly staying with the mandalorian and each little chapter being an adventure uh, of his and it's kind of a contained adventure of this is what the mandalorian is going through today um so there are definitely some parts of this episode where i felt like i'm loving everything that's happening but it's not clear right now how this chapter fits into like the larger story. So I feel like there's maybe a little bit of narrative slowdown, but I feel like it's the kind of thing where when I get to watch the whole thing, all eight episodes, this one won't feel as much like it's slowing down because I'll see how it fits in the big picture. But right now it kind of felt like this is an adventure that the Mandalorian has. I didn't learn quite as much about him or quite as much about the state of the galaxy. So I think I'm going to like it even more when it's a part of the whole eight chapter story. Mm hmm uh i guess overall this has been my least favorite of all of them just because yeah there wasn't a lot happening connecting to the big picture story uh but i didn't hate it <laughs> that's my review too i think it's also my least favorite but i was still not mad like i i've already seen some reactions of just like oh that episode of mandalorian no thank you and i was just like it was a fine little episode. It's it's interesting. It felt like an episode of Clone Wars for me. Again, yeah. And Dave Filoni directed this one, so that makes sense, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was another kind of bottle episode, sort of like the last one, where it was not. It was just its own little story. I, I can't understand, I guess, the fact that we only have eight episodes and wanting things to move a little faster, wanting all eight episodes to be really big and impactful, like uh, episode three um mm -hmm. but i don't know that's just not super realistic yeah well and i also think that the show is uh about who is the mandalorian right yes. that and that's what these those early episodes really pointed us to his youth and his experience uh, with young kids and with being an orphan and does he want to be a mandalorian and what does it mean to be a bounty hunter so i feel like when we look back this chapter is not going to feel like here's a one-off adventure that they let yeah. dave filoni do <laughs> i think there's things in it that are going to be really important to that question of who he is and in particular, I, what I thought was interesting on that level was it was cool to see him with a young bounty hunter and see how much the Mandalorian rejects what other bounty hunters think is the right way to go about life. And even like Fennec Shan saying like, hey, if you want to be a bounty hunter, this is the way you do it. You look out only for yourself. And then we watch this whole episode where the Mandalorian is trying to do things in like an honorable way, in a smart way. And I think that part of his character and what that means to him of like, I kind of rejected being a bounty hunter kind of doesn't go that great with being an honorable guy, I think is going to be important to his decisions in the next couple episodes. So I think, I hope, I could be wrong, <laughs> that when we look back, this chapter will be like, that was vital to see him face another bounty hunter and go, that's not me anymore. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point, especially when she's like, you do this to survive. Like, uh, Kira says something similar in Solo, where this isn't a game you win, it's something you just stay in as long as you can. Yeah. Uh where he's not doing everything with his own best interest at heart. He's trying to keep this little baby alive. Yeah. Like, immediately, that's a, a selfless thing to do. Yeah, I mean, like, it's cool space fantasy, but he's just, like, a dad trying to go to the grocery <laughs> store and get home, right? Like, he's just trying to get through wherever he's going next. And we'll get into this later, but yeah. I'm glad that he finally got some parenting tips this episode yes. that was very cool <laughs> but, don't put baby yoda literally in the corner <laughs> all right well so let's get into it 
the the episode starts with this chase and i really appreciated that that it threw us into the action and was immediately delivering on the promise of bounty hunters are coming and like they're they're not giving up this chase this is a constant struggle that he's gonna have this whole series being chased i think i brought this up last week when they introduced the idea that everyone has tracking fobs there's danger that could pop up at any point and i brought up battlestar galactica (laughs) and we just talked a lot about battlestar galactica on obsessed yeah so check that out um but (laughs) there's this constant threat that at any point a ship could pop out of light light speed and be after the mandalorian and the child uh and I, i really like that idea that dangers around every corner mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it only makes me more curious of just like well where is he trying to go because this was a pit stop that he had to make because of this cool little space fight it's yeah. not like he was like i'll go to tatooine that'll be safe <laughs> yeah yeah that's i i loved that they went to tatooine though that's that was really cool yeah uh i what i appreciate about going to tatooine and a lot of the callbacks that they made was uh, people were saying like this episode really leaned on the nostalgia and the familiar and it was just a bunch of fan service but i liked that everywhere we went we learned something new about it and it felt really different moss eisley did not look like it mm. looked like in a new mm. hope or return of the jedi i mean just the, the fact that it's run by a droid that was amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah that that was definitely a highlight for me that's when when he first walked in i was like oh the droid detector's gone oh <laughs> there's exactly. droids everywhere it's run by a droid but yeah like the city is empty mm-hmm. doesn't look like a bustling spaceport anymore we get that shot of the stormtrooper helmets on spikes from like the big main trailer yeah uh. yeah yeah i just love that that picture of that great familiarity of like oh when they said most nicely uh, for him to land i was like i was thrilled because i wanted to know what was going to be different and seeing that oh well with the crime syndicates gone there's a little bit of a problem with that where nobody is making any money and Wu hair has either been murdered or had <laughs> to sell it sell the cantina to uh, well, not where wouldn't be so I know it's Chalman's canteen. Uh, don't come after me. Uh, <laughs> You're but, a Schmodown competitor. Yes, we all know. Yeah, but the idea that Wu Hair, who also hated droids like the Mandalorian, has been replaced by droids, mm. is like all right. This is not just hey, look at a thing that you remember. Yes, but I feel like it is. It is building on what we know really well to show us what is different and to show us in this really minimal way the world building of what has changed. Yeah, mm. that's I agree completely. Um, we jumped ahead a little bit, but yeah. he, he lands at Moss Eisley and we meet uh, Amy Sedaris' character, who I did not recognize until the credits came up. And I was like, oh! Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I recognized her immediately. <laughs> what, what did we think of her? I really enjoyed her, guys. I, I like that we are seeing characters who are just trying to get by. You know, we spent so much time with characters who are, are either destined to have great power or find themselves next to somebody with great power i like that we're meeting so many characters like these are the people that these wars are about mm-hmm. there's all these people who are just like i just want to live can i farm blue fish yeah <laughs> can i go get you know just kind of non-violently collect people who didn't pay their you know who jumped bail and like and everybody's just trying to get by and it was cool to see another person just trying to get by I like that she's hanging out with pit droids. Yes. Playing poker with them. Uh, like, Spock. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> we space. Both, we both just um actually Molly. Space poker. Space poker. Space yeah, yeah. They were playing the Han Solo card game as <laughs> it was marketed. Right. <laughs> because they forgot. Anyway. I know you know what Sabak is. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I do as well. But the pit droids were the first Should we thing. apologize in unison? <laughs> One, we, two, three. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Accepted. <laughs> uh, but the pit droids we see first before we see her, I think. And mm-hmm. that was really cool because they, they do the little, like, pop out thing. Yeah. And, and then the shot, right? Yeah. And they collapse. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he shoots at them because he's like, oh, droids. Yeah, droids. Yeah, any droids. Even pit droids. Like, <laughs> nope, larger versions of you killed my family. I so will screw not you hit guys, you. too. I will not hit you in the nose to turn you off. I will shoot you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like seeing all of the you know prequel original sequel trilogy anytime that all of that sort of uh, those characters the technology can be mashed together and it all just feels like star wars is great 
And anytime you take something that has been kind of cute in Star Wars and mash it up with somebody who's a little bit more violent, uh, that's my sense of humor. So I, I really loved pit droids and then immediately <laughs> shooting at them. So they collapsed. <laughs> it was great for me. Uh, I guess we'll we'll just stick with Pelly and jump forward a little bit anyway. But I really liked that she was like, you can park here. I'm not going to fix your ship without money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she sees baby Yoda and... Well, I appre- before we get okay. there, I appreciated all the things that she said were wrong with this ship. Yeah. It just, like, again, it made her feel like just, like, a person living in Star Wars trying to make a living. Like, well, this is wrong, and you got carbon scoring, and, like, uh, this, this is going to be a lot of work. And I, I got a real, like, car mechanic vibe from her. Where oh, I was yeah. like, I don't know what's true and what's not. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of, I'm going to have to rotate this. Yeah. And that's going to cost you extra. Yeah. How much is she scamming? And, you know, it was fun to see her with her little pit droids, too, because there was this weird Star Wars sense of found family, mm-hmm. mirroring Mandalorian, traveling around with weird Force baby, and her being kind of treating them like employees, but kind of treating them like they're her little family unit. Yeah, yeah. And the, so, yeah, when Baby Yoda then wanders up out of the ship, as if he can be contained anywhere right? at this point, um, <laughs> I, I was terrified when she pulled the gun out just for that moment, but then she just kind of like picks him up and is like, oh. As we all would. Oh, yes. yeah. Gives him a little ear scratch. Like, it's adorable. Well, what I appreciated is that when the Mandalorian comes back, she has already started working on the ship. Like, Baby Yoda has inspired her to <laughs> fix the ship and, yeah. like, hope for the best, but I don't know. This little baby inspires goodness in everyone it comes across, mm-hmm. if they have, like, half a conscience. Yeah. Not, not all the bounty hunters, but... <laughs> yeah, and if she's used to seeing, not Mandalorians, because as we've been reminded many times, it's rare <laughs> to see them these days. Um, if she's used to seeing, like, scum and villainy come through and thinks, ah, he's he's another one of these guys, and then she's like, oh, he's, he's an adoptive father. <laughs> Who needs some parenting lessons? Yeah, (laughs) I I do think it's funny that everyone is just like, "This is your son, clearly." (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. You should raise your son here. You should get him some swimming lessons, all sorts of things. She tells the pit droids to get him something to eat, specifically something with bones, which we don't get to see. But I I wonder what they ended up getting him. Probably a frog. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a yeah. I don't. Does she know something about the species that we don't? Because so far he's had bone broth and he's swallowed frogs whole, so he does like bones, and she knows that. (laughs) I guess she looked up on Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But finally, like when he comes back, someone was like, "You can't just leave this baby." I was so annoyed in the previous episode when he was he just leaves it in a bar and is like, "Bartender, (laughs) watch the kid." She doesn't watch the kid. And he just wanders out with his soup. <laughs> like, just someone needs to tell this Mandalorian something about raising a child. I, yeah, I swear he is going to get some sort of uh, Beskar-coated baby-carrying device by the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> he has to march around with the kid. I hope so. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll jump back to the cantina uh, where we meet Toro Calican. I should really write that these names. That sounds down. right. I got it somewhere <laughs> on this. Uh, yeah, Toro Calican. Sitting in Han's spot with his the... legs up and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, "How dare you?" Yeah. <laughs> How dare you sit where he sat? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that was a part of his character to be a kind of crappy Han Solo? And I, I don't mean that as a judgment of like the actor, or the character, but that that is the writer and director's intent to be like. We want to remind you of Han Solo, and here is a guy who doesn't live up to who Han Solo was on, like, coolness level or morality level. Yeah, I bet you're right. You're just kind of B-side, <laughs> crappy yeah, Han. I think you're right. It, poor it, man's Han. Poor man's yeah. Han, yeah. It didn't occur to me, but, I mean, yeah, he's sitting in the seat, and then, yeah, his morality doesn't, his ideals certainly don't match up, but. Yeah, and a little bit of the Solo vibe of, like, young guy out to prove himself. I mean, Solo mm-hmm. from the Solo movie of, yeah, like, yeah. young, scrappy, I'm, I'm out here to prove who I am, and I'm tough and badass. And, yeah. Mm, not not <laughs> he so. didn't prove it very well. <laughs> he's, like, already like, oh, wait, 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 it's my first job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he breaks pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did, did you take that either of those droids is straight up EV-99 out of work? <laughs> or... I, I'm going to guess no, just because there are multiple of them. But I did have that thought. 
Were there two in the final episode? I saw there were two in the concept art at the end. I can't remember if I'm... uh, I've only watched the episode twice, so I can't remember if there were two actually there or two in the concept art. I don't know why. I'm like, if there was one, it was (laughs) EV-99. If it was two, no, no way. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even think about that watching it. Honestly, I was. I was thinking more about the other droids. Right. There. There were multiple familiar droids in the right. cantina. So was that R five D four? I. I like to think so. That he's just living a good life. Because allowed back into bars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and from a certain point of view, he survives his uh, bad motivator. Yeah. Right. And he survives the um, stormtrooper attack, and he just like rolls off into the sunset. So. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I hope he's still around. Maybe yeah. he works there. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. The uh, the other thing that I thought of, strangely, from the book, from a certain point of view, is the there's that story about Wu Hare having a similar backstory mm. to Mando, where he was terrorized by droids in the Clone Wars, and that's part of the reason he's so severe about not having them in the bar, mm-hmm. which is like, it's so weird to be pulling details from that one specific book, but that really resonated with me of... That I love that they're making that a part of the story of the galaxy that, yeah, there's a lot of people who would be traumatized mm-hmm. by droids. And, you know, what happened to pull, poor Wu Hair? <laughs> yeah. He pulled over and said, sorry, uh, things aren't going as well anymore. And it's like, I, I doubt that was on purpose. Like, I don't think that they were thinking, oh, Wu Hair connection and stuff, but it's cool when that stuff still lines up. Yeah. And you can think about the implications of, yeah, he's... A droid has taken his place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they certainly want you to notice that the droid detection unit is gone. It's full of droids because that's like a yeah. big change. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like the the fact that the cantina was pretty sparse was like, yeah, business is not hopping in most Eisley because all the crime syndicates have collapsed? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And the some things that Fabro has said about how like a regime change doesn't always mean things are going well, and especially in the outer rim. I mean, that's the, the outer rim is always disenfranchised. Like right. the core gets all the treatment, and the outer rim is just kind of left to fend for themselves. And they're part of the Republic, but no one really cares about them. Yeah, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Of like telling the story of well, well when there are all these crime syndicates, yeah, they were bad, but that meant that there was not much honest work to be had in most Eisley. Yeah, and now there's just no work to be had. Because the droids are kind of trying to say that, too. Of like, yeah, you're not going to find any bounties, dude. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no one to hunt. Yeah. But uh, I guess moving on, that's when they take Toro back to the, the hangar. And then he sees Baby Yoda. And this is my other big, like, Mando, what are you doing? You kn- He's not part of the guild yet, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. Put a blanket over that kid. Hide his ears or something. This is the way. <laughs> Put a blankie on Baby Yoda. This is the way. He did have like a weird, like side eye look when he looked at him, and we both thought, like, oh no, he he knows about Baby Yoda and the bounty, and that didn't turn out to be the case. But but that we... look was still significant. Yeah, and yeah. it's just everywhere he goes in Episode Three. He's walking down the street. Parades him, with right? The with the cradle open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open bassinet. And yeah, yeah, there you go. In episode four, let's go into this bar. Yep. Yeah, you can walk. Come <laughs> on, waddle with me. Like, fair enough, Baby Yoda's not going to stay. He tried. He tried sealing him in this time. This chapter, it didn't work. Um, but yeah, I feel like the show is doing that very much on purpose. I do too. Yeah. That it's either a character trait of Mandalorian where he's like, I am so confident that I know that if anybody tries to take this little guy... I'm going to take him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it is just specifically building tension that he is making a bad choice. I think it's that, like uh, Toro, he's just in over his head. And he doesn't yeah. know what he's doing or what he signed up for when he decided to protect this baby. But yeah, he's, he's doing like, his best. This episode, he's <laughs> so thoughtful about how he goes about all of his various bounty hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to think that he would consider, should I hide this incredibly valuable bounty? And he's just... He's not. Should I close the ramp to my ship? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Baby Yoda used the force to open that little door that he closed him up in? That actually makes a ton of sense to me because you just like don't want to be here. (laughs) Although he does like to press buttons. I guess that's fair. Pressed all the buttons. If he (laughs) did close him up, then he was like, "All right, he's probably fine." But he, you forget, he doesn't even know what the force is. So right, 
but Yoda's doing mm, whatever. He, yeah, Yoda's a space baby, but still, if we translate it to Earth and like, oh yeah, bad <laughs> idea. Don't leave your baby sealed in your car. Yes, while it's being repaired <laughs> on a desert planet <laughs> with two suns. <laughs> Did he roll the windows down? Yeah, <laughs> great entrance for baby Yoda, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, waddling down the ramp of like, what's going on here? Yeah, I want to play Sadak. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go off on the. They said they were speeder bikes. They look like swoop bikes to me, mm-hmm. I, which I don't. I got straight just Shadows of the Empire vibes. Oh yeah, very swoopy. <laughs> and just driving through Mos Eisley and Tatooine, and I half expected them to jump over the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah, there, I think that was also like a specific tension of are they going to go to somewhere that we know or in, encounter someone we know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, they did kind of. Kind of <laughs> they, yeah. they run into Tusken Raiders. Yes, uh, which I thought was a really cool scene. It was, uh, I know we'll talk favorites, so I'll repeat myself. That was my favorite part of the episode. What made it your favorite part? Uh, a couple things. The I liked that the Tusken Raiders used the same tactic that they did on Luke in A New Hope, which mm, is clearly yeah. something that they do of like, hey, uh, I didn't put the make ba- that connection. That's great. Put the Banthas <laughs> over there and make some noise so we can go around the back yeah. and sneak up on people who are staring at us. <laughs> that it seems like, okay, cool. That's a very good tactic. And it made for just a cool reveal. I liked how often the Mando was just being a snarky mentor to Toro and just saying like oh no well tell him yourself yeah, <laughs> the, he the, the reveal shot is great but I, I loved that the Mandalorian knew how to talk with them and treated them with respect because I feel like it it funneled into the Mandalorian's character in particularly this episode where he's kind of doing everything honorable he could just pull a blaster and say fix my ship but he goes and he makes money even though it's a pain in the ass and he understands from Tusken Raiders perspective this is their land so he's going to barter with them and mm-hmm. communicate. Uh, so it's all great from Mandalorian characters' perspective. But uh, like the Tusken Raiders, like I-, I love Star Wars with all my heart. But there are some things that sometimes trouble me in Attack of the Clones. Them just being, you know, called savages, slaughtered mm-hmm. when they're obvious real world rhythms. Yeah, it was really cool to just give them that perspective of like, yep, it is awful that they have done things like kidnap me and <laughs> beat up Luke for absolutely no reason. But from their perspective, they're defending their land. And you can communicate with them. I just thought that was a great way to flesh out these characters who have been with us since 1977 and give them a little bit more perspective and reality that right. so many of the other characters and cultures in Star Wars have. It, just like Moss Eisley, like they're familiar, but we got to see a new side of them. Totally new, yeah. And the idea that you can use some sort of sign language to communicate with them, I thought that was really cool. Part of me was a little... <laughs> Worried that he was about to start grunting like Han, like yeah. Han in uh, Solo Han's when he starts growling. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I thank goodness it was a <laughs> sign language is it's a better really option. Cool. Yeah, and it made sense for the Mandalorian too. Of like, hey, uh, you know, I I respect people with a you know different point of view, and I'll, I'll communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I I agree completely that he probably has a lot in common with him like his own land was invaded yeah uh he he knows what it's like so he respects them this is the way yeah <laughs> yeah to do things you, you give him some macro binoculars that don't belong to you and you <laughs> keep on going <laughs> he's like hey those were brand new yeah <laughs> yep. they were so good and then immediately we go off to another familiar creature and we see the dewback yeah uh and that that's just bait for fennec shand <laughs> And Mando gets shot twice immediately, and Molly was like, he's really putting that best guard at the test. Yeah, I was like, whoa, like, that stuff could take a hit. <laughs> that was another good line. Like, the best guard kept me safe at this range, and mm-hmm. Tor was like, I don't have best guard. <laughs> he's like, I don't have any of that. Uh... Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... Uh... It, it was interesting to see a very different kind of uh, mentor relationship in Star Wars. Like, we've seen lots of either just, like, manipulation from the Sith, or we've seen, like, this is hard for you to hear, but I'm trying to make you better, because you're a Jedi Master, you're my Padawan, and this is just sort of like, I don't really like you, kid, and you have a lot to learn. Yeah. Kind of an idiot. I'm just anyway, here for the money. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to keep you alive, but that's about it. <laughs> that's a secondary priority. Yep. And you have a lot of things to realize. Yep. Uh, <laughs> when, he, when he turns over the guy that's being dragged by the dewback, I thought it was the pilot that had been chasing him from the beginning. It did look it just like him. Looked like him, but then I was like, why would he be there riding around on a dewback? I guess looking for Mando. But he exploded. I mean, he did, like, he did uh, seem pretty pretty dead in space. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's just like they, they had very similar costumes. Maybe they were part of the same 
crew. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Do you think that uh, the assassin took him out? Yes. Maybe the guy in space was, like, just there to also hunt Finnick Shan and ran into the Mandalorian. Mm. Maybe that was all a coincidence. Yeah. Could be. That makes sense to me. Okay. We solved it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I liked... It was a great setup for Fennec Shand. Yes. And I liked the Mandalorian having to take a lot of punishment. Because I liked that that seems to be his thing of like, (laughs) yeah, I'm willing to let people take pot shots at me, and I'll just take it because I can. And Mm -hmm. it sets me up to fire back real quick. He's very Indiana Jones to me, where he just gets beat up constantly, but keeps on going. And he he trusts that the kid is a good enough shot to cover him (laughs) when he goes out there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know that he knew there was a sniper out there. He seemed to want to get away in a hurry. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then they, the, the high ground call out. Mm, I yeah. do like that Like he just goes, she has the high ground. Uh, she'll wait for us to make the move. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you know that? <laughs> like, I know we're supposed to just trust you because you said it. but. <laughs> and then he says something like, the suns are down, plural. I like that. Yeah. I like the high ground callback because... I've, the high ground thing in, in Revenge of the Sith has never bothered me like it's bothered other other fans. I, it's it's fine. But it's also like, I feel like I've played enough video games. Like, yeah, the high ground is better when you have a blaster rifle. <laughs> this is dumb, but I've always accepted the high ground thing, too, because of the movie The Rock. <laughs> There's a scene like where all the Navy SEALs are stuck in a pit and yeah. all of the Marines are surrounding them up high. And they say something like, we're in the tactical better position and I'm ever since then I'm like yeah high ground totally yeah. <laughs> don't underestimate their power uh, yeah I, I thought that was great so the suns go down and they they make their move I thought that was a pretty cool attack yeah with, with the, the flares yeah I like how much the Mando is just thinking smart and tactically and he's yeah he's very prepared I guess that's what he was thinking or doing the whole time he wasn't napping he was just thinking of what to do <laughs> Yeah, that scene was great. With when Toro that, doing his little taxi driver stuff. Yeah, and having that, that asshole like you, old man. I, I liked him calling him an old man because it did invite us to think, is the Mando off his game? And wonder, mm-hmm. like, is he making mistakes? Is that why he's getting shot a lot and getting, you know, a little bit of that Indiana Jones treatment of just getting roughed up mm-hmm. and making mistakes, you know? Or is it, you know, that he is luring people in like he did with toro in that scene of like no i'm, I'm awake you idiot or yeah. is he like like a lot of new fathers is he actually asleep because <laughs> <laughs> he's just very tired yeah. has he been taking care of baby yoda so much that he's like honestly i'm gonna take a nap the high ground yeah. thing was a total lie he's like i just i need a minute i need this <laughs> just need to sleep <laughs> i guess i'm like in my mind i'm like pedro pascal's not old so i don't we don't know what he looks like under the helmet, but I guess maybe bounty hunting is one of those professions where if you are past 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do not think that. Oh, he's so he's ancient, but I yeah, like yeah. that. Like, is middle aged for a bounty hunter in Star Wars Galaxy? Are people thinking he's past his prime? Yeah. That does make sense. Bounty hunting is a young man's game. Yeah. Well, he, well, he, he knows so much and has so much advice for this guy. And he's like, oh, he must be an old man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I got to been there, done that vibe. Uh, and. During the attack, Mando gets shot again twice, <laughs> which I, I just think is funny, especially the one where he's just standing there and she shoots him right in the chest. Yeah, it's funny, and I think it ties back to like the that theme about like his armor's integrity, right? I mean, it, so it's, it's literally it, does his armor have integrity because it's smoking? You can almost hear like a little bit of the circuitry mm-hmm. sizzling. Uh, but I, I think they've made such a big deal of making his armor like this central part of his identity of like is it is it a representation of strength or is it sealing himself off right. from connection and i think this is a great way in an episode that's not diving super into that to just make you stay connected to no you you work so hard to get that best card <laughs> did you ruin it already let me ask you do you think his armor before uh that he starts the show with was that best car like especially the chest plate or oh, was it yeah i think so because the way we like that shoulder shot in the in the very first scene seems to bounce off of it and i mean and it does protect him really well yeah i i that's interesting because i just assumed it was mandalorian armor but not beskar and Mm. like he would be collecting beskar throughout the series he's already done it pretty much yeah interesting i totally agree with you on the he's so fixated on the armor and that it is symbolic but also closes himself off and 
I guess I've kind of been thinking of like a what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Does the armor make you or do you make the armor? Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder how that changes if that was Beskar at the start and it just lost its integrity. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think just for maybe viewers who are fairly new to Star Wars uh, and who are checking this out, maybe it was just a way to like inform them how strong Beskar is, like why yeah. it was so important. Mm-hmm. And so valuable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there could even be like in that last shot when he's just standing there. How much is it that he's just like, yeah, sh- I'll show you how much I can take. Yeah. I don't, like I, I don't know if that was a distraction so that Toro could get around, or if he he just kind of looked like he was. <laughs> what happened? Ah, oh, I got shot again. There could have perhaps been some more clarity on the intention <laughs> of taking that shot because he, yeah, he does. He was a little bit like you know when you're playing against the computer in Battlefront Two, and like, cool, you're just gonna stand there. <laughs> I can snipe you? Cool. When he makes it up there, he's like, yeah, good distraction. Like, it was all a plan, but I, part of me is like, I don't know, Mando. <laughs> you need to nap some more. Yeah. <laughs> but they do catch her, and now we, like, finally get to meet Fennec Shan. Uh, I really liked her manipulation of Toro. Yeah. I liked her. It was cool to see her fight and oh, see yeah. her be so, you know, advanced. Mm-hmm. Like, see, that the, the kid could fight a little bit. He tries to flip and, like that would have worked on somebody else but she just lands <laughs> on her feet and yeah and I, I also like that she just got this vibe that she's been around the block like mando too because when mando gets the drop on her she's just sort of like all right fine you got me yeah I'll, I'll get out of this another way i'm not gonna have a, this big you know amazing fight with the two of you and you've got that mandalorian armor so fine yeah she's so playful the whole time oh yeah. like one of us has to walk <laughs> yeah. yeah and i like that mando knows about her Mm. like yes. he knows who she is he knows what... she's not to be messed with and that kid can't do it yes and i was like oh yeah i feel like that was one of the thematic ideas that started to tie things together to me in this episode when especially when she starts to go in on toro and say you could be legendary mm-hmm. she's kind of a legend mm-hmm. the mando is certainly a legend both good and bad of any mandalorian is legendary for just for being a mandalorian being rare these days but now he, he's sort of being known as like this famous asshole who <laughs> you know who who kidnapped this kid away from the guild and you know ran away from the guild and then teasing that that would be it's not that the the young kid uh, toro just wants to get by he's so tempted and she manipulates him because being a legend is such a great thing mm-hmm. and then that starts to tie it to you know much larger interesting star wars ideas yeah and he says it the whole time like i don't care about the credits yeah i just want the credit <laughs> yeah <laughs> different kind of credit right he he wants to be in the guild he wants to make a name for himself um i was surprised and disappointed that he shot her yeah not so much disappointed in like toro obviously that's what he does but uh i'm just hopeful that she's not out of the picture i don't think she is expand upon that uh well one is because i think i believe i read somewhere there's so much star wars news <laughs> yeah. that she's in two episodes okay uh so there's that well, <laughs> that's just a, a memory of a thing um and then just narratively something feels um the fishy in, in a good way and obviously we'll talk about the scene at the end mm-hmm. uh yeah we're you almost know. there <laughs> yeah um so i just feel like there might um be something in this in Mando agreeing to go get the back, because that was a little bit like, Mando, you've been really practical and really on top of things. You probably don't quite trust this kid. So it's right on that line of like, is the Mando going to get the back himself? Going like, fine, I don't mind going for a long walk. I'll be back. <laughs> I don't mind doing this. Or was it like, why did you leave him alone with her? That can only go wrong for you in some way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the yeah. to the end. I mean, it's about that last scene. Yeah, that is my hope because I've been one of the more frustrating things about this show to me is that we've been hyped up about all these characters and Cara Dune, like Gina Carano, has been shown as like a member of the main cast, and so is Carl Weathers. They're IG Eleven in some cases. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they're always at all the press events. They were at Celebration. I'm like, oh, okay, these are our three main characters who will be in all eight episodes. And then Kara was in one so far, and I'm like, I want, 
we keep hearing about characters like her and Finnick Shan and IG-11 and they're just like in one episode and then they're gone. Like, I'm really hoping yeah. they all wind up together in episode eight. Yeah. I uh, think there's a good possibility. I think there's still, I think there's still one shot of Quill that we haven't seen mm. that's in various trailers. So, and I really like Quill, so I hope he comes back too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll go back. Toro shoots Finnick Shan. He realizes what the child is because she... Uh, blabs about it oh and she names the planet navarro yeah. that was like yeah. that was a surprise to me that they <laughs> i don't know i guess this stuff is just so important to us <laughs> and it doesn't matter like i'm like what's the name of this planet i don't know navarro that's how you tell me she just drops it like that <laughs> yeah because i like i think i pause the episode going, navarro wait, is that a planet i've heard of before because right. the way she brings it up is like uh, you know, I don't know if something happened to you on Navarro Mandalorian. He's like, is that a, is that a Mandalorian moon I forgot about? Exactly. <laughs> I did the same thing. I wrote it down on my phone. Navarro. <laughs> I just it remembered it was the last name of someone that... Hector Navarro? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I wondered he's if a, it was another Schmodown competitor yeah. uh, in another geekdom. To, to Hector, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Did you uh, did you like Fennec Shand? Were you affected I, by I, her? I, yeah, I really liked her. And I had a lot of high expectations for her and yeah her being shot i was like what the hell yeah <laughs> um but yeah I, I don't think she's dead but at the same time she was laying there for quite a while that's my thing i'm like how long are you gonna play possum like yeah. they've been gone for a while yeah so i my hope my best hope is that she is very badly wounded mm-hmm. and just like lying there yeah. uh but again we'll we'll get to that in a second uh, they go back to the hangar, and Toro is taking the kid and Peli hostage. And there's a brief standoff, and they shoot Toro. And it's like, cool. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I knew that was going to happen. Like, that was my guess last week. When you read the synopsis for this episode, it's like, the Mando helps a young bounty hunter who's in over his head. And I'm like, he's going to find out about the kid, try to take the kid, after they work together all episode, and the Mando will shoot him. It's like, <laughs> that was kind of the bummer of this one, was that I was like, this played out exactly how I thought it would. Predictable. And I think a lot of the people that are saying that they're really disappointed in this episode might be because it was another Filoni episode and they had a lot of high expectations of a Filoni episode and it just didn't live up to what they thought. Maybe. I mean, I really like what Joseph said about I think it's important to see the Mando re-enter the bounty hunting world. Mm-hmm. Last week he did something more selfless and this week it's like does he still fit yeah where he used to and he doesn't and i i think that's a really good point to make yeah he got to do a good noble thing defending the village from raiders mm-hmm. right and really almost get fairly close to opening up his humanity you know mm-hmm. yeah so then to plunge right back into the famous place of scum and villainy <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, also a good point yeah we get uh, to see the opposite of what could have been and basically what his life is going to be and the fact that he's just yeah constantly going to be chased how did you feel that he took out toro while toro was still holding a baby not great (laughs) not great do you feel like that was on purpose to be like this part of this episode is mando's bad parenting 101 i guess i mean i've been that's the whole series really (laughs) yeah when when he falls i'm like did he fall on baby yoda what's happening I wonder if just, like, Mando has, like, such respect for the power of Baby Yoda that he's like, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he'll force so. catch himself if he has to. Or he just doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, yeah, that felt like a risky move. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Baby Yoda did something to stop himself from being crushed or that he leapt or something that we didn't see? Because, I mean, Baby Yoda does kind of... We see him uh, go from one place to the next and pop up in surprising ways a lot. I think he's more spry than we know. Ooh, Probably. He did all some... those frogs he eats. Yeah. He did some Yoda versus we Dooku all... hopping yeah, that we didn't see. Yeah, I was going to say, we all saw Yoda <laughs> drop his cane and do all those flips. I yeah. Think, yeah. Uh... Uh, my first thought was that he would be floating. Like, oh. they were yeah. like, where'd he go? And I thought we'd hear giggling up yeah. above them or something. Uh, yeah, that, that would have been great. The, the little look around the that, that was still super container cute. was super, super cute. Yeah. <laughs> I do love watching these episodes with subtitles just because it, it constantly will say giggling. Child giggles. Child, Child giggles. Child Child giggles. giggles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But 
that was a stressful moment <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely a stressful moment uh we wondered just like how much mando had planned for it um here's a question that i got distracted by that i wanted to ask both of you why do you think the mando is not using his pulse rifle at all this episode <laughs> i i did think when they got to the dewback at first i thought that he was gonna crawl up over the dune he's like i thought he saw some jawas he wanted to shoot <laughs> um, hold on i gotta make a pit stop <laughs> this, this has these. nothing to do with the mission i just hate jawas <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i mean I, yeah, I'm like, I, it's not going to be a thing for me where, like, I don't like this episode because I don't know where the pulse rifle is. That's not how I like to a- approach things. But I did get obsessed enough personally that I went back to the end of chapter three or uh, chapter four to see, like, did he leave it in the village? Did he <laughs> gift it to somebody and I forgot? Uh, because I just, it, maybe it's in the cockpit scene earlier, but I don't think he takes it with him. Maybe it's got some water damage. Yeah, water damage. <laughs> I, maybe he just thought it wouldn't be useful against Finnick, or maybe he didn't have any plans on actually killing her yeah uh hmm. or maybe i wonder if it's a too distinctive of a weapon maybe Maybe yeah it's like he's carried it around in more populated places (laughs) he really has (laughs) worried about the law all of a sudden maybe he thought he just wasn't going to need it yeah Yeah. that's an interesting thought though Mm mm-hmm there has uh, to be a creative reason because it's there in the artwork, right? Yeah. In it, I mean, it would certainly have like a lot of rhythm with uh, the original Boba Fett uh, animated short to see him on the dewback. Not that Boba Fett was on a dewback, but that image mm-hmm. of him on riding a creature with that that weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thought that it was cool that uh, Pelly basically fixed the ship and had accepted she wasn't going to get paid. Yes. Like she she did all the work and was like, well. I guess this is it, and he still paid her. Yeah, yeah, that was great. With looted money, but... Sure. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I guess kind of looted, I guess depending on how you look at it. I guess it Because he was promised the money by Toro. Yeah, I don't know. And He, he still <laughs> took it off a corpse, maybe. Yeah, well, he, he Toro asked him to help get Shan, Fennec Shand alive. He did get Fennec Shand alive. Toro made a bad choice to shoot her That's true. and try to kidnap Baby Yoda. So for, I think from the Mandalorian's perspective, he did what he said he would. And it's Toro's dumb fault <laughs> for making bad choices. But he still paid her. And she, yeah. she assumed that he wouldn't. So that's him being honorable again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the last shot. The last two shots. Footsteps approach. Finnick Shan's body. Lean over her. And yeah, I guess the implication is either she's alive and someone's coming to help, or someone's tracking the Mandalorian. Yeah. I think, so, I don't think this is really going to happen, but this is where my mind went to finish the thing I was saying before. It's like, I wonder if some sort of communication had passed between Fennec and Mandalorian of basically, uh, play dead and I'll come back for you. Yeah. For some reason. Because there's, uh, I, I know there's already discussion all over the internet of who, is that the Mandalorian? I've seen a couple tweets feeling like they have matched up the exact ankle armor and that is the Mandalorian. <laughs> so then it's like, well, if Mandalorian came back, is it just like, oh, took off, and it's like, I actually didn't check if she was dead. I'll go check on her, because she could be a valuable ally, or I wouldn't want to be left like that. That's not honorable. So this... is it as simple as that, or did yeah. they make some sort of agreement that we didn't know about, and that's why he agreed to leave her I alone thought... with Toro? I thought so she could fake same... her own death? <laughs> I thought the same thing just the fact that he knew who she was and knew so much about her that that had to have been him coming back for her it just seems so why like if they had that understanding why is she still lying there (laughs) exactly yeah unless they're being watched unless she feels she's being watched yeah i i i think i'm high on my own supply of star wars theory (laughs) i don't think that it's probably not likely that they had an arrangement but i do like thinking about why the mandalorian would come back for her either is it out of honor or we still haven't really seen like what's your plan dude Mm -hmm. you know that you can't go anywhere and i wonder if it is eventually going to go to like uh well you know what i've made some pals and i need help so i'm going to round up my friends yeah for a last stand yeah no one on tatooine was giving him any help as far as finding work so maybe he thinks that she'll know where to go Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be cool if we had... He knows 
the Empire, someone is after this child and he needs to stop it at the source. So if he is kind of collecting Avengers style, like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a new big shot gangster putting together a crew. And then at the end we get IG-11 and Cara yeah. Dune, Grief Karga, because... And an Yeah, and an <laughs> but he didn't shoot Grief mm-hmm. for a killing blow. Uh, if he somehow, yeah, got Finnick Shan to survive what she <laughs> getting shot in the belly i mean they didn't show there was barely a sizzle sound there was no like eruption of flame i just think that it could be totally that she had armor in the mando saw it and mm-hmm. like that could be the conversation yeah. just like i saw your armor i didn't understand why you're playing dead and i didn't i don't want to leave it at this so what are you doing and and we, i brought up that he got shot four times and none of them <laughs> were killing blows and i do kind of like he was standing there like a doof. Like, <laughs> yeah. she probably could have killed him. Yeah. So maybe there was somehow. Maybe they're old friends. Yeah. Mm. Who do you think she was going to rendezvous with in Mos Espa? Oh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Do you think that was just a random, like, hey, she was on her way place? Or is that a setup for, is she in league with Moff Gideon? Or I'm going to guess it was random. And I'll throw out that she was going to rendezvous with Conja Club. Because uh, she shares Shand is the last name of someone in Conja Club uh, from Crooked the Force Awakens. Yeah. I think, yeah. I couldn't tell you the first name. I just <laughs> uh, I scroll past it sometimes on the database. I think it's Crooked. <laughs> Could be wrong. So I like that. Yeah, maybe she was going to hook oh, up with Conja Club. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And they apparently rose to power after Jabba the Hutt's death. So yeah, they used to be Hutt slaves. So yeah, timeline works out there. Nice. Well, okay, so let's talk about all the other people that. People are yeah. saying yeah, yeah, that yeah. this might be Boba yeah. Fett. Okay, yeah. Lady, let's go there. Let's go I, there. I saw someone on Reddit point out, like, they could have set this story on any place. Why'd they choose Tatooine? Last place we saw Boba Fett. Uh, although I really like what you said about it is the classics, Wretched Hive of Scum and Villainy. That's a great place to tell this story yeah. uh, and show how things have changed. But there are some sound effects <laughs> that... I, I agree you're very Boba Fett-like. The the noises that you hear before the footsteps even enter and the sound the footsteps make yeah. are Boba Fett-esque, at yeah. least. But they could also be the Mandalorian now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I'm team Boba Fett in general. I, I, I want Boba Fett to be alive, and I think there's more story to tell with that character, and I think it's really interesting to see um, where he would be at at this point of the timeline and also to just finally have some Star Wars storytelling that directly addresses the Boba Fett, Jango Fett relationship with Mandalorians. Mm. Of do they consider themselves Mandalorians? Yeah. And, uh, you know, is Boba Fett still a hunter if he's around? And what is it like to be have the aging face of a clone now that, you know, so much time has passed and all that? Uh, I think there's lots of interesting things with Boba Fett. And I feel like it is weird to go so close to where Boba Fett might be. Like, uh, there's no way Filoni doesn't know that he is inciting <laughs> Boba Fett curiosity. <laughs> yes. But also, thinking about it being Filoni, could this be a Clone Wars character mm. that has been talked Ooh. about maybe showing up in this show? Bo- what, Bo-Katan? <laughs> Well, that's what you thought. That's, uh, that was something I threw out. Mm, yeah. yeah, I like that. I mean, that's just because I want it so badly. Yeah. I want Katie Sackhoff in uh, the flesh uh, as Boba Tan. That would be great. Uh, and then if it if it were Boba Fett, there is the canon wrinkle that, according to Aftermath books, this other guy, Cobb yeah. Vant, has mm. the Boba Fett armor, right? That, that's something I think can very easily be swept under the rug, as it's, in off-screen, Boba Fett finds Cobb Vanth and, and kills him. Takes it, or takes takes it, it back, back or right? Whatever. Yeah, and there and can be a story somewhere about that. Because yeah. we've read Aftermath. Not everyone that's watching The Mandalorian has read Aftermath. Yeah. Right, and it's, that's that's one of the interludes that is strung throughout, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not even like that the book is about Cobb Vanth, and they don't even, nobody even realizes Boba Fett's armor. We, the reader, no, yeah. from district, description and location that it's got to be Boba Fett's armor. It's not even like, yeah. And even then, there probably is a way around that to be like, oh, no, that wasn't Boba Fett's armor after all, <laughs> which is annoying. But... The Sarlacc had devoured several Mandalorians oh, yeah. recently. That's where they all went. That's why you don't see them anymore. <laughs> the Purge. That thing's the... a Mandalorian magnet. <laughs> Just eats them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, 
the the Cobb Vanth character is interesting to me because I I like the idea of this sort of uh, old west lawman, this old marshal, right? And that has some interesting rhythm with what's going on with Mandalorian to have a, that the character we represented in the book. But I agree with you that it, that's getting pretty deep mm-hmm. for people who are just like, ah, I, I like the movies and now I'm watching this TV show. And there's a trilogy of books with two and this guy's what <laughs> yeah. and why? Yeah. See, I, my best guess right now is probably that it's Boba Fett. But I don't want it to be because we've talked about bet. this before. Well, yeah, A, I have a bet. <laughs> and I said that Boba Fett won't be in the show. But we both said this, that if Boba Fett appears in The Mandalorian, it kind of overshadows yeah, The Mandalorian. he's going to mm. take the spotlight and I don't want that to happen. I could kind of see it maybe in like the very last scene of season one to tease what's coming yeah but like i feel like we need to really fall in love with the mandalorian before boba fett kicks the door in and everyone is just talking about boba fett yeah yeah i definitely get that concern but man like (laughs) i don't know there's too many (laughs) holes in it for it to just be the mandalorian for me but hopefully in the first first scene of episode five Finnick Shand wakes up and Mando's like, I saved you. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> I was going to say, like, on to maybe some predictions. Is yeah. the next episode going to pick off directly where we left off mm. and show us who that is? I would guess no. See, that's, I think that it'll be, if it's Boba Fett or just someone tracking the Mandalorian, every episode from now on is going to end with another clue mm-hmm. and it's going to build. And maybe that will proved to be boba fett at the end of season one yeah it could be that's who she was going to meet in most espa for some reason mm. yeah I, I i really want it to just pick up there because <laughs> the structure of the show has been really different like the first three episodes for the most part we did not have a scene without the mandalorian or is only seconds after he left or seconds before he arrived and that's been being changed the last couple chapters but then this was really different if it really is like great the mandalorian and baby yoda left they took off into space, and now here is this introduction of a subplot. Like, yeah. It makes sense, but um, I think I'm just really hungry to know what is the Mando's plan. So if that is the Mandalorian and he's going back to her for some specific reason, I feel like he will uh, maybe uh, grab the story a little bit and it'll be a little bit more proactive mm-hmm. in these last few episodes of what is the Mandalorian's plan to get out of this, ultimately. I, I think that if that is the Mandalorian with Finnick Shand at the end, we will find out at the beginning of episode five. If it's not her, or if it's not him, and it's someone tracking him, then we won't see Finnick Shand at the start. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but the next episode is supposed to be the Bill Burr one, I think. Okay. Uh, it, the, the synopsis is that the Mandalorian joins a group of mercenaries on a dangerous mission, and that's all we know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it makes it so... If it is, just, if it's another adventure, it makes it so like the first three episodes were kind of set up to. Here's why a, the Mandalorian and then a baby Yoda are traveling together, and now they have adventures. Yeah. And meanwhile, we learn who the character is. But I keep wanting it to come back to what feels like the main thread of Moff Gideon being the big bad, yeah, wanting something from Baby Yoda. Whatever that is, I'm sure you've speculated plenty. And and the Mandalorian trying to keep Baby Yoda safe. I agree. Yeah, I keep wanting to go back to the scientist and have him give us any other bit of information about this Baby Yoda. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't really have any predictions for next episode, which I'm glad about. Because, like I said, last week's, when I read the synopsis, I was like, I have a pretty solid idea how this is going to play out. (laughs) This one is much more vague to me. And, I, yeah, they'll go do some crazy thing together. It's probably going to be action-packed. And I hope the Mandalorian gets Baby Yoda in a daycare or something. (laughs) Like, get him somewhere safe. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically that they said it was a dangerous mission. I'm curious to see what they're considering dangerous as opposed to everything else that's happened in the series that's true (laughs) yeah better be really dangerous yeah yeah it i i just i i my prediction which is more desire is just that the mandalorian's really making a decision about where he's going if maybe these are people he knew before or has encountered and thinks like 
this is somewhere I can shelter for a little while. I didn't want to go here, but I'll mm. play this this hand because I got to go somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think that's why episode three is most people's favorite is because we got to see him make a, a big decision. And even then I was like, I kind of feel like he got to have his cake and eat it too because he got the armor and then was like, well, now I'll go back and save the baby. <laughs> he didn't have to choose between something that was important to him and the baby. So I still want something like that where he has to make the choice for his adopted son yeah yeah i still think about the line when he tells the other mandalorians like you're you're gonna have to relocate and they're like that's fine is he gonna try to find them again yeah or or does he feel like anywhere he goes is just danger town so he doesn't want to do that for Mm -hmm. for the people closest to him yeah i kind of wonder if they will fall under attack and then he'll have to repay the favor and go save them yeah but do you think this is chapter or not chapter two but season two is under development do do you think this is is it going to be season two the mandalorian and baby yoda do you think this this is a duo for as long as the show lasts or is baby yoda the story for the first season i i hope that it continues with baby yoda uh I, I, everyone's latched onto him so much yeah. I know. I'd be they, surprised. They put us in kind of a difficult position here with such an adorable yeah. little, little child and whatever happens to him, even if he's left like in the last episode like he could live a normal normal life here and be happy but then we would all suffer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hope however long the show runs that it ends with the mandalorian being like 110 and just about to die and baby yoda finally says his first word oh my god (laughs) i guess all we have left to do is our top three moments Mm -hmm. molly do you want to start Um, because i have to figure mine out (laughs) yeah we never think about these before we we joseph wrote his down i only have sort of professional i only have two i have to scramble for the third um well let's start with number three and make it (laughs) okay number three will be uh seeing how like deserted moss eisley is and like the cantina how different it is yeah um i'll say for number three there's one weird shot of baby yoda weird good shot where you saw more teeth than normal where he had a little "Ah," (laughs) face and i enjoyed that very much uh, I was going to go with just some of the banter, I guess, between the Mando and Toro, uh, especially about Toro being in danger. Just like, I don't have Beskar. It's like, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two for me, I guess, is how snarky Mando is with new guy. He's just like showing him the ropes, kind of, but also just like letting him learn along the way, especially with the Tusken Raider thing. Like, Tell him yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to go in on that, too, because that was one of my favorites is the, the snarky banter. I'll pick the specific line after they actually capture it, Fennec Shand, and he says, uh, why don't you go pick up your blaster? And it really <laughs> makes him feel like a child for having lost his blaster. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I had it in my head, and then I forgot it. Um, oh, I'm, I'm just going to say Fennec Shand and her manipulation. Mm. Uh I, I really liked the character and that's I was so like upset that she got shot and I'm worried about her. And she really only had one, two scenes, like good scenes of talking. And so I, I think Ming Na Wen did a really great job with not a lot of screen time for me to be like, No <laughs> keep her alive. Yeah. My number one uh Baby Yoda walking out of the ship. <laughs> Molly's number ones are always baby yoda moment of the week yeah it's <laughs> understandable that mixed with him getting a little ear scratch was i did adorable. really appreciate that just those moments when you can see it's definitely a puppet yeah and yeah like it's interacting it's also it also like same with the the children it builds a little bit of rage inside me that i will never be able to do that with a baby yoda <laughs> and i kind of hate her for being able to coddle him <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> uh, my number one is uh, going to be the Tusken Raiders. Worth it to go back to Tatooine for lots of reasons, but just to see the Tusken Raiders uh, from a different perspective was super awesome, and just everything they did was cool, including the sneak up. 
Uh, I'm going to now move my Finnick Shan moment to number one because I thought of something else that should have been number two. But I really liked the the opening sequence. Uh, fun little dog fight. And I liked when uh, the other bounty hunter was like, I can bring you in warm or cold. Mm-hmm. And I went, that's the Mando's line. And then he goes, that's my line. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey! Little conversation with the toad. Yeah. <laughs> So that's it for episode five. Uh, thank you, Joseph, for joining us for this one. Where kind of fun. Thank people, you. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And then you can find Force Center Pod wherever podcasts are found. And I said Force Center Pod because that's our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Force Center Pod. And you guys are also doing Mandalorian discussions, which I've been listening to while I walk our dog. Um, oh, wonderful. And they're, they're very good. And like... Uh, one of the things that we brought up a couple weeks ago and made sure to credit you for is just the idea that, yeah, those first episodes are so Mandalorian-centric. And when episode four came out, I was like, oh, it's the first time we got a scene without the Mando in it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't think I would have caught that without you guys. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for watching along. And if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And consider checking out our Patreon page where we're also doing Mandalorian audio commentaries. If you want us talking about this show a third time, <laughs> you can All get the that times. there. Yeah. <laughs> so as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.